0: Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now
1: it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We're going to let this stream breathe just for a second, make sure it's nice and stable. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, fresh off a couple of days off from, from the podcasting, from the mic. How you doing, Zach Kelberman?
2: I'm doing pretty well, Chad. We had some news that finally happened this weekend. We get to talk about, sink our teeth into, and kind of distract us by. But it's always good to hop back on here. It's always my favorite part of the last couple
1: of days. We take a break. So happy to see, happy to see
2: you. Happy to see our listeners again.
1: Amen. And as per is the 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 want of the football gods, Zach. The news breaks on both nights that we're off. <laughs> of course, universal law, Chad. Yeah, the same. It's it's just been the theme. But hey. You know, we've been uh, champing at the bit to be able to break this down and get our thoughts out there into into the universe. And we're going to get into that here in just a second. I want to welcome in everybody who's been hanging out in the room, Flippin' Booch, G.I. Jers, Bill, Terry, Sterling, uh, Jordan. What's going on, guys? And for what it's worth, we are aware our listeners have done a phenomenal job. Robert Muhammad, what's up, King Hicks? Uh, Our listeners have done a phenomenal job of reaching out to us, and letting us know that the stream on YouTube is not as easily found before the show goes live, while the show is going, as it has been traditionally. We don't know the exact reasons, but I think we addressed it on one of, I think it was Thursday night show on the Mile High Mailbag. We addressed that certain topics we had been discussing last week, I think had an effect on on that. So there's also other things going on as far as because, of the situation. There's a lot more people on the internet right now and it is creating weird bugs with different websites that are getting unusual traffic numbers. So at this stage, all we can tell you guys, this is very important. If you are one of our awesome listeners that are a part of the YouTube community at Mile High Huddle, it is absolutely crucial that you not only subscribe to the channel, but make sure you click the notifications bell. All right? And that might result in once or twice a day your phone will ping with a video upload that's a story upload. Worst case scenario, you get to that when you get to it whatever, but at least you know that you're going to get notified by YouTube every time we go live. Boom, your phone will buzz and you got a direct link straight into the chat room. So keep that in mind. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube to Mile High Huddle, click the notification bell, and I think other than that, make sure we tweet out the link to the actual live chat room before every show, at least twice. So that's another crucial reason you guys, why it's super important. You follow the show on Twitter, as you can see here at huddle up pod. And then while you're at it at mile high huddle between those two uh, Twitter accounts, you're never going to miss any kind of an announcement. You're going to get the links. You're going to get everything you need to stay abreast and on top of what's happening with the show And with your Denver Broncos in real time. So take care of that business.
0: This is the
2: Overtime Podcast Network.
0: (laughs) Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
1: Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is there really a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security, though, is different. If you're like me and you're one of those guys who's hypersensitive to every single sound and is tired of having to sleep with a knife under your bed, Simply Safe is the solution. If there's a break-in, SimplySafe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, SimplySafe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24/7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself; no tools are needed, or SimplySafe can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day. That's peace of mind with no contracts. Visit SimplySafe.com/overtime, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now, and be sure you go to SimplySafe.com/overtime so they know that our show sent you. That's com slash overtime. All right, Zach, let's grab, uh, let me see here. Let me check this stream really quick. I want to grab Dylan, uh, and then we'll dive into the topic. Jumps in, $10 donation. Dylan, we appreciate Thanks, Dylan. you, my brother. Super chat superstar. Thanks for the link, fellas. Hashtag state of being. Dylan's yes, one sir. of the guys that reached out to me and was like, hey, dude, what's going on? I'm not finding the link like usual, the chat room. So I reminded him that uh, make sure you're following on Twitter. Here's the link in the meantime, and that's good advice for all you guys. Appreciate you, Dylan. Appreciate each one of you. All right, Zach, let's dial it back really quickly to Friday, and the news breaks late Friday that Shelby Harris is coming back on a one-year deal, nowhere close to the $11 million and change that mm-hmm. outfits like Track projected he was going to command on the open market. The Broncos get him back. 3.25 million, two and a half million guarantee your gut reaction. It just shows that
2: projections prove to be just that sometimes, Shad, which are estimated guesses. It's so unpredictable in the NFL trying to pigeonhole a player into a certain team or a certain value. Once the Colts got to Forrest Buckner, that was Shelby Harris's lone suitor, it seemed like, from the beginning. Once they got Buckner, they were out on him, and he had no other suitors. It was a surprisingly cold market, and like we've been saying, time could work to the Broncos' advantage. Better to be lucky than good sometimes. The more he was on the open market, the more his value was plummeting. To get him back, though, when he was projected to get or $11 million a year in a deep defensive line class, which also hurt him as well. $3 bucks, Chad, is nothing. That's a prove-it deal, and now you stack that defensive line. You have sub-packages with Shelby Harris, Jarrell Casey, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Draymond Jones. That is an opposing quarterback's nightmare. I cannot wait to see what Vic Fangio has cooking in his defensive scheme this year with all those pass rushers up front. Not just on the outside anymore, though, but on the front lines as well.
1: You know, before that move was made for Shelby, I mean, both of us were really excited and impressed by the Darrell Casey addition. Oh, yeah. A nice move to bolster the, the defensive line by bringing back Mike Purcell on a one-year RFA tender. That was good. But the collection of – and either one of these guys as a starter was cause for concern for different reason, whether it was Demarcus Walker, Draymond Jones, uh, Joel Heath, one of the newer transplants that was signed to a futures mm-hmm. contract at the beginning of this calendar year – all those guys, though, when you fill that spot with a bona fide starter like Shelby Harris, suddenly they take a, it takes on a completely different complexion in terms of you've got a legit D-line, starting D-line, and then the rotational pieces, you've got a good mix and match of proven talent and young guys still kind of coming up in their developmental curve. Both uh, Jones and Walker can rush the passer. You can bring them in, put together different sub-packages for getting after that quarterback. So – it's, it was definitely good. But the flip side to that coin was Derek Wolfe had been patiently waiting for an offer from the Broncos, thinking that, you know, it was eventually going to come. And when that Shelby Harris deal was announced, it was news. You know, Derek Wolf basically faced the facts. He never received a single offer from the Broncos. And he said, you know what, I'm going to take that deal in Baltimore one year, $6 million. That happened within both those moves, happened within a 24 hour period. So and you know we were wrong on that, and everybody in the in Denver media was wrong on that. If yeah. if people were you know make, setting odds or making wagers on which one of those two were going to come back based on what we were hearing before free agency opened, it was going to be Derek Wolfe. And of course, even as late as last week, we were telling our listeners, "No, nah, Shelby Harris." It's you know what we were hearing, what we we're being told, not going to happen. Everybody was surprised by the fact that Shelby Harris got re-signed one-year deal, and now Derek Wolf. Very bittersweet because as Wolf's leaving, he's getting replaced by a five time Pro Bowler in Darrell Casey, but you're losing that fan favorite in Derek Wolf. Yeah, first of
2: all, you know, Draymond Jones would probably start about on a third of the teams in the NFL, considering his draft pedigree and what he brings to the table. But I wanted not for the Broncos to thrust him into a full time starting role immediately. I wanted them to ease him into that role, into that job, have a veteran in front of him. I love the Shelby Harris retention for that reason alone. In terms of Derek Wolf, his $6 million deal, half of that was up front. It was one year, $3 million, $3 million more in incentives. So you're talking about a guy who didn't want to take a haircut. He didn't want to take a discount. He wanted to reap the benefits of being on the open market and being a free agent. He had to settle after all that time, after a career season in Dick Fangio's defense— for $3 million over one year. Just another case of a former Broncos player overrating his value. Happened to Will Parks, happened to Chris Harris Jr., happens to everyone that seems to go out the door, including Emmanuel Sanders, on the open market this year. So I wish Derek Wolfe well, but like I've been saying throughout the entire offseason, I personally
1: would rather have Shelby Harris and to get him back for three mil for one more year to steal. I'm torn on it because, you know, Shelby, he doesn't have the health risks, injury concerns that Derek Wolf does. And you can argue, you know, he's a little bit younger. And when I say a little bit, he's less, if I'm mistaken, not mistaken off the top of my head, he's 29 turning 30. Derek's 30 turning 31 within the next 12 months. So it's not that big of an age gap is what I'm getting at. Shelby Harris is a lot older than I think some fans realized. However, he has not been hurt. I mean, he's been available. He's appeared in every game that he's been on the sideline for since he's been a Denver Bronco, and that's worth something. And Derek Wolf, for what it's worth, I think he's going to go to Baltimore, and I think he's going to have a a really good season playing on that defense. And it's just a matter of can he stay healthy. And I really liked that after the fact, he wasn't emotional about it. He was still very um, complimentary to the Broncos as an organization, said Denver's always going to be my home. I'm going to leave for a year or two to go – Play where I'm going to play, but this is where my family is. This is where I met my wife. This is where I started my family. He said, This is where I became a man. And then, of course, all the achievements he had as a player winning Super Bowl 50. Denver's his home. He's leaving short term. Do you think Derek Wolf, Zach? Now, Chris Harris Jr., we've already addressed this. I think uh, Chris Harris is coming back whenever he ends up retiring. He'll come back a few years after that to be enshrined in the ring of fame. Do you think Derek Wolf ends up in that ring of fame? And this is a guy who's not. You know, the accolades aren't there for Derek Wolf. He's never even been to one Pro Bowl, no all pros. However, he contributed to, you know, the the Super Bowl 50 championship, and he started all 108 games that he appeared in.
2: Yeah, you know he's a great fan favorite, and he was a great player for Denver. But you just laid out the reason I think why he shouldn't be in the Ring of Fame, Chad. If if the the barometer is him contributing, then Brandon Marshall should be in the in the Ring of Fame as well for the Super Bowl defense. Derek Wolfe was a great player, but I don't think they're going to miss his his personality. They have other players on defense now, like Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller. Still, I just don't think he was consistent enough, though, staying on the field, being healthy, and racking up the stats and the accolades to warrant a Ring of Fame induction. I think Chris Harris Jr. has a no-brainer case. Eric Wolf, though, to me is on the
1: outside looking in. I think that's fair, unfortunately. As much as I think some fans might not want to hear it, he just doesn't check enough of the boxes in terms of those accolades and accomplishments. And by the way, Edward, good to hear my friend. I hope everything works out on that front where we were thinking about you in our prayers. Hashtag state of being and as we've said before, my friend, if there's anything Zach and I can do please don't hesitate, reach out to us. And that goes for all of our listeners who are rolling with the punches right now with what's going on. Super chat, superstar. Steve jumps in with a $10 donation on the mile high huddle Mount Rushmore. Appreciate you, my friends. Good to see you. Yes. Each and every one of you. And Steve love that hoodie. Dude looks good on you, my friend. Let's grab this question real quick from Cody on YouTube. Is it possible that we could go after Jeremy Rice? Then uh, you're talking about Chin, the nephew of Steve Alwater. I think he could be a good number three safety, especially because Coach Fangio wants to use six defensive backs more often. And that's probably an autocorrect. But it, he's talking about Chin. Chin is a guy, Zach, who before the you know the pre-draft process really began in earnest, he didn't really have any draft stock, but it, the he's. He's risen up boards. I yeah. think the, the highest I've heard him projected is late second round. I'm thinking he's probably going to end up going in the third round. And if you're the Denver Broncos and you're sitting there, absolutely. Not only the storyline being tied to Steve Outwater through blood, but he fits the mold of what the Broncos could really use as that number three safety, a guy who can you know, not only cover over the top, but cover one-on-one and then come right. down the box, tackle, stop the run. I
2: like Jeremy Chen a lot. And, and you're right, Chad. He really boosted his stock with his his physical intangibles and intangibles as well. His ability, the boxes that he does check. I worry about how it will hold up in the NFL in single coverage when he's asked to cover receiver one-on-one or a tight end or whatever. I would like to have him in the third round. I wouldn't pull the trigger in the second round, but if and only if the Broncos address offensive line and wide receiver before that. Safety, as much as they need a third safety, they still have two great starters right now, and that need is way less in cornerback, inside linebacker, maybe defensive line, and those needs are less in wide receiver and offensive line as well. So if they can come out the first two rounds with those needs addressed, I am all fortune in the third, but that's a guy that I'm probably, it's a luxury pick in the yeah. third round, in my opinion.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: And for what it's worth, it might not be ideal in terms of proven sample size, but when Kareem Jackson was out those final two games with the DUI suspension, Trey Marshall played remarkably well. Now, granted... You know, Will Parks was playing all over the place at that point. He was even playing a little bit of corner for the Denver Broncos, but I'm really curious to see how Trey Marshall continues to develop. I think this is a scheme that's friendly to any and all safeties, and so this could be the type of opportunity for him to really climb up the depth chart, but well, it depends entirely on what the Broncos do in the draft. Brian Greenfield, Super Chat superstar, you, all-time record holder on Super Great. Chat. Appreciate you, my brother. Ten dollar donation. He says these crazy mocks are insane. Showing us moving up to eight and picking rugs. I'd be pissed. Love that we got Shelby back for the cheat. Uh, for cheat, you know. As you guys know, let me let me jump onto my soapbox real quick. I'm not crazy about the idea of going wide receiver in the first round, and I'm even less so in terms of trading up to for the for the privilege. I'm not gonna pan it if it happens. I'm gonna rally behind if it ends up being a rugs, a Jerry Judy, a CD Lamb, any one of those three, I'm gonna rally behind it. It's it's can be nothing but good for Drew Lock. But I just think with how deep this class is, you can you have the flexibility to move around. I don't know, man. If you moved up into the top 10, I gotta imagine it's gonna cost you at least two of those three third round picks you have this year. Yeah. I, as much as I love rugs, I don't know that I go
2: up to number eight for him. That's a little rich for me. I go maybe 11, 10, nine, but eight, when you're talking about giving up two third round picks or future draft picks for a player in this deep receiver class, I'd probably end up waiting. That being said, though, Do not be surprised, Broncos country, if the Broncos do trade up. It seems like they're telegraphing their moves, leaving wide receiver as the only position they have yet to fill this offseason, and they're not going to make all 10 draft picks. They can actually save money by not making all 10 draft picks. They have three third-rounders. They have the ammunition. Do not be surprised, though. As much as we don't want it to happen, if it does happen this year, they move up for receiver like Henry Ruggs.
1: Beast jumps in, the mayor of our YouTube community there. Uh, he says, Does Demarcus Walker make the team this year? If there is yeah. one, I think there <laughs> will be one. I really do. I do think it might, worst case scenario, might get delayed, but there will be one. I do think Demarcus Walker, because of his draft pedigree and the fact that he represents Zach as a second round pick, he's going to continue to be given every opportunity to succeed. And even last year, Zach, when he was, he, he did something to get in the doghouse they didn't move on from him. They just sat him down. They just put him on the bench, even though he was contributing four sacks during a period of time in which those sacks on Vic Fangio's defense were precious and few and far between. They sat him down. They didn't get rid of him. I think this is one last opportunity to prove to the Broncos that there's some there there and that he might be worth investing in long-term. Although I don't, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying, I think he will get the opportunity. Yeah,
2: I'm right there with you. Draymond Jones will be the biggest benefactor among the younger players behind Jarrell Casey and Shelby Harris. But Demarcus Walker will get some run, too. And just for the reason that you said, they want to give him one more chance in a Vic Fangio defense to see what he can do. And for my money, Chad, I think I'm a bigger Demarcus Walker fan than most. Whenever he's on the field, he seems to be around the football, making plays, making a tackle, getting to the quarterback, making a sack. If they can just harness that potential and be consistent with it, they can have something in them. So I think he will make the team and be a contributing role player in year 200, Vic
1: Fangio. Jason jumps in $5 donation. It's been a minute since we've seen you, Jay Bones. Good to see you. Appreciate you being with us and for the donation. Shelby Harris or Wolf, you can only pick one if you could rewind time. I feel Casey will be a better vocal leader than Wolf. And that may be true. You know, Wolf was more of a kind of lead by example type, similar to Von Miller in that sense. Although I think that when Wolf did open his mouth and speak, his teammates listened to him. But he's not the rah rah type. He's kind of like, look, you got to be a man. You got to show up. You got to do your job. You'll earn my respect. I don't feel like I need to tell everybody how to wipe their own behinds, right. et cetera. That was kind of Wolf's style. <clears throat> However, if you could go back in time, I think Zach and I end up answering this one polar opposite. <laughs> I'm still taking Wolf, Zach. Yeah, take the it, the Shelby. Thing-
2: yeah, I mean the thing about Wolf and Casey though is that when Wolf was being rah rah, I, th- I feel like he rubbed his teammates the wrong way because listen, you're always injured. You're never on the field with us. You're hurt. You're on the trainer's table. How are you going to tell me to be better and, and to you know take it out on me? Gerald Casey is a guy who has the Pro Bowl recognition. He has the accolades. He stayed healthy throughout his entire career. He walks the walk and talk the talk, and I think his teammates will respond better to that. I'm still taking Shelby Harris. I wanted him to come back way early this offseason. I just think I like his potential more. I like what he brings to the table, and combine, like I said, with the rest of that front seven chat, it is absolutely lethal. I cannot wait to
1: see it all in effect. Eddie on Facebook, he says, uh, you you guys are awesome. I always share your uh, podcast on my Facebook group. Well, that's good to hear, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you. And that's one simple, easy, organic way that you can help support the podcast is sharing it out there and letting your friends and family know. That's really cool. Let's grab Dan real quick. He says on YouTube, what do you think about trading to number 20 and picking Justin Jefferson? Now, Dan, are you saying trading back from 15 and stockpiling more picks and then picking Justin Jefferson? I don't know how much I'd really be down for that, to be honest with you, Zach. It would be a
2: worst-case scenario if Ruggs and the big receivers were off the board and they didn't want Kinlaw or a tackle, then maybe I can move back for a receiver. But even then, I'm probably targeting a center like Cushionberry. I'm not targeting Justin Jefferson when I can get Mims in the second round. So um, I don't see it happening, nor I think do I want that to
1: happen. Lane, welcome in, my friend. I'm glad that nice. you're able to join us live. We appreciate the $2 donation on Super Chat. Hashtag state of being. Tell us where you're at in the world, my friend. Uh, Buana, I'll be honest with you. I've never. I was never a big Seinfeld guy, so I'm the wrong guy to ask about that, Zach. I don't know if you paid my if, if that was yeah. one of your shows or what.
2: Yeah, when I was growing up, I I was a little too young to watch when it was live, but Soup Nazi to me will always be a classic yeah. episode. That's that's I'll always rewatch that. So Seinfeld's a great show.
1: That's probably the most famous episode of theirs. All right, let's grab George. Ten dollar donation. Appreciate you, my Thank brother you, George. Hope everything's going okay on your side of things too. By the way, Geo, really happy we got Shelby Harris back. Sad we lost Wolf, but at least it wasn't to KC or New England. And that's a good point, George, because there was buzz on both counts that he might end up defecting to Kansas City. We know that New England Patriots were interested in him. Baltimore, of all places, you know, you have that one. You know, the Broncos lost to Baltimore in the playoffs the year Baltimore won the Super Bowl with uh, Trent Dilfer and, and Ray Lewis's first. And then, of course, the second time they won a Super Bowl, the Broncos lost at home in the divisional round. So, but still, you don't view them with that same level of antipathy that you do anyone in the AFC West and then, of course, including the New England Patriots. So.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good marriage for both sides. I think it's a good get for the Ravens to get a, a guy coming off a career high, a veteran for that defense, more pass rushing juice for for $3 bucks guaranteed. And for Derek Wolfe, he joins a Super Bowl contender who has Lamar Jackson. So um, I hope he does well there. I have no animosity toward him, and I like the way he handled his exit from Denver.
1: He's just got to stay healthy. Derek yeah. Wolf is a baller. You know, he's he's not J.J. Watt, but he is going to steadily get his work done, and he's going to make his impact. It's just a matter of fending off that injury bug. Stu McPeak, super chat, superstar. The best. Appreciate you. $20 Thank donation, you, Stu. That means a lot right now. Hope everything's good on your side of things, my friend. It's good to see you. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Kenneth wants to know, would you rather have signed Melvin Gordon or uh-huh. use that money to sign Derek Wolf? But, you know, honestly, guys, I think, you know, our take on that in that sense, I would rather have Derek Wolf back, I guess on this specific issue. What's, what's your answer? I, I-
2: as much as I don't like Melvin Gordon, I'd rather have Shelby and Melvin Gordon, Shelby for $3 bucks versus Derek Wolf, and it's one or the other. So I-, I like the way it turned out, though I still hold true the Broncos did overpay for Melvin Gordon. Regardless of the either or, regardless of Harris versus Wolf, they did spend too much for Melvin Gordon.
1: There's also a very concerning statistic. This has been a viral story on milehighhuddle.com. Yeah. Since last night, this was a tweet from... Jason Fitzgerald, who is the man at overthecap.com, quote, Zach, the Broncos are the only team in the NFL with more cap currently spent on running backs, $10 million, than wide receivers, $7.4 million. What is your takeaway from that fact, Zach? I mean, it's not too surprising
2: because the Broncos are number one receivers on his rookie deal, and the receivers under him are also on the rookie deals or being low-paid like Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. If they get a Henry Ruggs, for example, that that figure will change drastically. But that's what happens when you have Melvin Gordon, $16 million, you know, almost all of that guaranteed, and you have a running back on his rookie contract already. So that one contract alone tipped the scales in one direction. That's just
1: show you the Broncos did, I think, invest a little too much in a running back like Gordon. And it also, as you said, it points to the reality and it's something we've known since last fall. Ever since Emmanuel Sanders got dealt on the trade block, the Broncos need to add talent to the wide receiver pool. Cortland Sutton can't carry the water for everybody. Yes, You waited to see if either Tim Patrick or Deshaun Hamilton would emerge. And while Hamilton did have an impressive final quarter of the season, it was just kind of too little too late. They need to upgrade and they will. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling with queen mattresses starting at $349.99.
1: Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Duke Rose jumps in. Super chat, superstar. Appreciate you, that $10 donation, my friend. Just representing the podcast, fellows. Mile high salute and to you as well, thank my you. brother. Appreciate you. Uh, Edward, you don't have to do that. We appreciate <laughs> you, but you don't have to do it. You know that. Jumping in as one of our OG's super chat superstars. Let us know how things go on that interview, my friend. You got this, Edward. You're gonna kill it, bro. Let us know. You will. Larry, appreciate the five dollar donation Thank and jumping you, Larry. in on Super Chat. It says, why haven't we seen Prince Amukamara yet? Did it make so much sense that everybody just assumed that's what was <laughs> gonna happen, but never was? I think there's some truth to that, Larry. That idea that it was such a fit and an obvious fit that people basically rendered it a foregone conclusion. But what I take from this not happening is that the Broncos are a lot more confident in Bryce Callahan's return and the fact that they got Devontae Bosby back in the fold. They're a lot higher and and bullish on uh, Bosby. I mean, look, the sample size was ridiculously small before he hurt his neck in week five. But as of week three, think back to last season, the Broncos are on the road. They're getting trucked by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Finally, Vic Fangio says enough's enough. Pulls Isaac Yadam, puts in Devontae Bosby. And on back-to-back possessions, on third and long, Bosby breaks up two Aaron Rodgers passes, which it's not easy to do, all right, with Aaron Rodgers, especially in that house. Earns him an opportunity to start the next week at home versus Jacksonville. If the Broncos have Kareem Jackson healthy and starting in that game, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, they lose. They lose. He gets his next second start, and that's when he gets knocked out of the game and knocked out of the season against the Chargers. But the reason I go through that litany reminding everybody of, of Bosby last year is because I think behind closed doors, that team, the coaches especially, are a lot more confident in what Bosby can provide value-wise, impact-wise, than some of the outside you know, really realize. I think
2: you're pretty spot on with that, Chad. And I just answered Larry on Twitter, as a matter of fact, answered this very question, I, the Prince of Mukamari thing, I think was more fan-driven than Broncos-driven. I think fans and media thought it was a no-brainer, which it is. It makes too much sense. But if the Broncos would wanted him, they would have signed him by now. It's just that simple. He's been on the open market for over a month now. If they wanted him, they would have gotten him. And it might still happen during the draft, right after the draft, but nothing appears to be imminent. And I would still like to see that other veteran cornered, in the backfield chat. I would not want to rely on Callahan coming off a of lost year, Bosby still being fairly unproven. Then you have Boyer, who's not not what he used to be either. So I would want one more veteran for just
1: for stability and insurance in that secondary. And I would think that even though you handed out a contract to Nick Vanette that I'm still scratching my head, oh, yeah. even though you overpaid for Melvin Gordon, still scratching my head, the fact that you were able to get Shelby back three point two five million, two and a half guaranteed – I think the Broncos still have somewhere around 14 to 16 million in available cap. I would at least explore what it, what it would take to get a Mookumar because I don't really have many doubts about Bosby other than is he really fully healed from the neck? He right. released a video on, uh, I think it was today. In fact, on Sunday, it might've been Saturday night, but he released a video of himself working out with, uh, who was it? Top prospect. Was it Chase Young? Oh, Simmons. That's right. Isaiah Simmons. And he's looking good. I'm not so much worried about Bosby. What I'm worried about a lot more is Bryce Callahan returning to form. And before the American landscape shifted on everybody, uh, the word coming out of Broncos uh, HQ was that Callahan was going to be good to go for OTAs. We'll see when that ends up happening. (laughs) More time away is just better – for, for Callahan in terms of rest in that foot. So hopefully that's a positive thing. Terry jumps in up in Canada, $5 donation. Oh, thank you, Terry. Appreciate you, Terry. Super chat, superstar. He says, Casey is going to be a beast for us. One more toy for Don Fangio's D, and we'll be humming. Stay strong, Broncos country. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag state of being. Terry proves at each and every podcast that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And yeah, I mean, Zach, I think we're both really excited. And that was another thing for Casey. And that was something really cool also about Derek Wolf on his way out the door. He said, Oh, and by the way, Darrell Casey's gonna crush it in this defense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I haven't been excited about a Broncos pickup in quite a while like I am Gerald Casey, Chad. When he comes to Denver and he says he's excited and wants to uh, murder quarterbacks with Von Miller and Bradley Shubb, how could you not get pumped up about that, excited about that? He is going to beast in this defense, and when you consider they give up just a 7th round pick for a
1: 5-time Pro Bowler, it is unbelievable value. Not only 5-time, but 5 consecutive Pro Bowls drill Casey's been to. Plus, he was an all-pro, second team all pro in 2013. Glenn Hauser jumps in, super chat, superstar, $5 I donation. Will. Appreciate you, Glenn. Do you guys see any more cuts or restructures to gain money on the cap? Hashtag state of being. Really, there's only one candidate for that, and it's Von Miller's contract. Everyone else is making, I don't have a I don't have the cap pulled up right in front of me right now. But to me, Von Miller's the only real candidate for that. So unless the Broncos felt the need to open up more money and that thus going to the table and asking Vaughn to, to help us restructure, I don't think it would happen. And I don't think it will happen because John Elway on Wednesday, uh, was it Wednesday? I can't remember the day now, forgive me. But last week, his last kind of final sit down with Broncos TV before all the team employees and executives were mandated to go home by, by the NFL front office. He said that They're confident that they hit all their main holes that they needed to fill in terms of immediate needs, Zach. So they feel good going into the draft next month, and I don't think at this stage they're, they're seeing any need to go to the table and ask a guy like Vaughn, for example, to let us kind of move some money around a little bit. Yeah,
2: that's a last resort option, and I wouldn't upset that Alpacart just yet. I, I will add Jeff Hireman though. That can clear about three point eight million. If and when they cut him, they don't need him anymore. He should be cut today. But and also when they, if or when they re-sign Justin Simmons to a long-term deal, that will actually lower his cap number, which is eleven point four for this season, probably in somewhere in the eight to nine million dollar range. So they can still get some more uh, uh, cap room as as time goes
1: along here, as the days go along. Jeff Cohn, super chat, superstar, very consistent, crucial component, crucial member of our community on YouTube and on Twitter. Great follow on Twitter. $5 donation. Thanks, Jeff. He says thank you. The defense will be legit next season. Hope to get more depth on the offensive line. If we get an elite wide receiver, this is a playoff team. Hashtag Denver Broncos for Life. Hashtag rugs to Denver. So Jeff making it clear, in his in his perfect world, the Broncos end up landing. Henry Ruggs III.
2: Yeah, it's it, it would be ideal for him. I think he's the best receiver in this draft class, and he would have Drew Locke throwing to him, playing opposite Cortland Sutton. I would love to see a chat, even I think if it meant up moving up you know, five or six spots for
1: the guy. I just He's that incredible to me. All right, let me uh, scroll through here and see what else we've got. All right. Let me grab this real quick from David. Love the pod, guys. Thank you for giving Thank us you. a break from reality. My question is, do you guys see us drafting a quarterback at all in the draft? Maybe from in the late rounds? Thanks again, guys. Zach, I really don't see it happening anytime before the sixth or seventh round unless, if and unless, a guy they had highly rated, like a top 100 guy has fallen into the 200s. Like maybe then, and if it's a from, maybe – I just don't see it happening because they, they still have their developmental guy in Brett Rippon on the roster, plus they just paid uh, Jeff Driscoll to come in and serve as that fail-safe for lot. How many young quarterbacks do they need? I, I just This is the one position
2: they sure they don't have to address, so I'd be surprised if they picked up any quarterback, if they blew any draft pick on a quarterback, maybe as an
1: undrafted free agent, but that's as far as I would go. Okay. Yep, it did. Ariel, it jumped Uh, nad ludlow let me grab nads real quick here appreciate you guys he says two dollar donation hashtag state of being appreciate you my friend and then also ariel just got my swag. oh dude oh man i can't it won't let me go up to his comment dang it well make sure you hit us up ariel on twitter so that we can uh give you show you some love and shout you out my friend that'd be really cool for us to see what's this last bear with me one sec guys no, there's okay. No, there's Ned. We got it. Didn't jump as far as I thought. Appreciate you, my friend. You are the man. And then Ariel, here it is. There we go. We're good. I jumped the gun. Just got uh, sporting the hoodie. Awesome. Good I to see you, my friend. Make sure you uh, tweet us, tweet us a selfie so that we can vault that. All right, Ron Dub jumping in. Super chat, superstar. Ten dollar donation. You. Appreciate you, my friend. Hey, guys, thinking about Isaiah Simmons in our defense. And that is interesting how he's buddies with Bosby. That would be crazy. Would you move up to seven or eight for him if he's still there, surrendering a few third-rounders this year and maybe some picks next year? Man, it's tough. I could probably, to be honest with you, because he's such a rare player, I could probably be talked into it. Because if you look at it, 10 picks right now, I shudder to give up any of those in the top 100, but if you're getting a surefire starter on defense for the next 10 years and a guy that all pro caliber talent and upside, I could be talked into that, but I still recoil at the notion of giving up not only all, basically probably all your third round picks, at least two of them plus a pick or two, maybe next year to get into the top 10 from 15. I don't have the chart right in front of me. I don't know what exactly what that value is, but Uh, I don't know, man. It would have to be a really bulletproof argument, but I could probably be persuaded he's that good of a player.
2: This is, I'll say it again, this is the only guy in this draft class I would move up into the top 10 for. He would just be phenomenal in the Vic Fangio defense, take him to a new level. They wouldn't have the talent level collection like they would have with Simmons in the fold as well, joining Von Miller, Bradley Chubb and the rest. I could probably be talked into it as well, Chad, though I wouldn't. It's not my first inclination to make that move. I want the Broncos to at least have one third-round pick and the
1: bulk of their picks next year. But if he drops to seven or eight, I'm having that conversation. Jay bong jumps in, $5 donation. Appreciate you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Sorry I'm not so active in the convo. Just bought NBA 2K20, LOL. <laughs> but I'm still listening. You guys rock. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag state of being. Hey, man. It's all good, man. If we are, we're part of, uh, you know, the daily rotation, I do a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts, Zach, while I'm doing all kinds of stuff around the house in the yard. So it's just humbling to know that you find ways you guys to work us into your daily routines. It's very cool.
2: And anything, you know, you can do to distract yourself right now, obviously Chad and I will, uh, you know, we'll
1: co-sign on that. So enjoy NBA 2K. Let's grab, uh, grab Robert real quick here on YouTube. He says, if Wills, uh, or Becton are their top three wide – if Wills or Becton is their top three wide receivers are gone, do you jump or – no. If the top wide receiver, top three are gone at pick 15 and Jedrick Wills or Mekki Becton, Zach, are there at 15, I'm probably taking Becton of those two, yeah. but I'm taking them and I'm not even thinking twice. Yeah, I would. I'd think twice, but I'd
2: probably lean toward a tackle. Beckton, he can be a starter. I mean, he he's a perfect developmental guy to have. And if the top receivers are gone, they don't want someone like Mims or Justin Jefferson. I could see that happening.
1: Interesting question here from Cody C on YouTube. Could Drew Locke ball out next year and be a dark horse MVP candidate? It looks like they're going in on offense, uh, probably meant to say all in on offense this offseason so far. A really interesting point, though, Zach, because in the last couple of years, we've seen second-year quarterbacks just do phenomenal things in the NFL. In 2018, it was Pat Mahomes. Last year, it was Lamar Jackson. Could it be Drew Locke this year?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one saw Lamar Jackson coming this past season, Chad. No one saw Mahomes the previous year. It just happens out of nowhere. And if they get him a receiver like Ruggs and they build up off the offensive line, he has the arm talent. I think he'll have the coaching this year to get it done. It can absolutely be the year of Drew Locke. At a minimum, though, I'm thinking he leads the Broncos to the playoffs or at least a winning season. In some degree, it is going to be Drew Locke's year. And I think at minimum, he'll get the
1: Broncos back on the NFL map. Angela jumps in, one of our super chat superstars, very consistent. Appreciate you, Angela. Thank you. The $14 donation up in Canada. Late to the podcast, missed a few live, supporting the cause. Appreciate that, Angela. Wolf leaving was sad but understandable. Looking forward to the draft. Hashtag state of being. Appreciate you. It's gonna be interesting, Zach, to see exactly how the NFL ends up uh covering or or they gotta allow some kind of media, even if it's just NFL media. Like, and I'm when you when I say NFL media, I'm talking about people who actually work for the NFL in media, like Ian Rappaports of the World, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. They're in media, but they actually get paid by the NFL. They're NFL.com, NFL network. I gotta believe that they're gonna have to cover it some way. I mean, the TV's channels are still going right now, so I, I think they'll figure out some way to cover that. But yeah, it's It'll be here before you know it. Even though right now it kind of feels like time has just stopped and everything is slowed to a crawl, it'll be here before you know it, April 23rd, Zach.
2: Yeah, in some way we'll have a little normalcy with the draft. It's not going to be the event that we thought it was going to be, but they will do something in the NFL to maintain as much monetary value as possible. So they'll allow, I think, essential personnel, whatever they, they deem that to be, and we'll have the breadcrumbs, the rough template of what we know the draft to be as well. So at least we're getting that on schedule right now. Which at least that wasn't pushback.
1: Yeah. Edward stoked to see Drew Locke go off this year. Amen, brother. So are we. Uh, Christy jumping in. $10 donation. Appreciate you, you. KR. Keeping on, keeping on. Keep on, keeping on. Love. Go Broncos. Same to you and each one of our awesome listeners. Christy, appreciate the donation. Seriously, that, that means a lot to us. Let's grab Big Molly on uh, – Twitter on Periscope, do you guys think Denver gets a middle linebacker at 15 instead of a wide receiver? The problem with that is that, you know, depending on how you view Isaiah Simmons in terms of his specific position, you know, his best position, there's not really any other slam dunk first round off-ball linebackers. Patrick Queen from LSU is an option, but really I'm seeing him mocked late first, early second round. I know I'm missing someone, uh, the kid from, uh, what's that? Kenneth Murray. Yes, that's who I was going to say. He's also in consideration, but I don't honestly love either one of those guys enough to take him in the top 15. I'm looking at maybe second round if one of them are there still when the Broncos go back on the clock. But Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State, that's my sweet spot. That's my guy. And even if that meant taking him in the second round, he might be worth it, but he's probably there in the third round, Zach. Yeah, I I happen to
2: like Kenneth Murray, but it's not a guy I take at 15. That, you know, we talked about Justin Jefferson moving back for him. That's one guy, Murray, I wouldn't mind the Broncos moving back for in a worst-case scenario. I would not mind that in the 20s somewhere, but I don't think it's very realistic. They have two starting inside linebackers now. It is not a more pressing need, Chad, than wide receiver or offensive line. So they'll go with
1: those areas, I think, first and then attack inside linebacker. Good to see you, Darko. Thanks for doing these podcasts makes our life easier regards from a Bronco fan in Guadalajara, Mexico. And if I'm not mistaken, Darko, you're also a drummer, right? We, we chit chat on Facebook. Good to see you. My friend Cody C mile high huddle is single handedly getting me through this quarantine. That's awesome. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. Um, All right, let's see what else we got here. Holden wants to know any chance we draft a punter man or Charlton in the sixth or seventh rounds. I believe either one could be a huge pickup for us. You know, before they made that move to sign uh, Sam Martin, I would have said absolutely 100%, but now you're tied into guaranteed dollars on a punter and you just don't carry two. You That's just not okay. something you do. Even on your practice squad, it's rare that you see an NFL team unless there's some kind of problem brewing at the position, like a guy's on his last legs, he's on thin ice with the coaches. You Now at this stage it's not even worth it. It's not even worth the draft pick and it's not worth even bringing him in and, you know, paying them the signing bonus to get him into camp. Like I just don't see it happening now, Zach. We talked about this
2: on a previous pod where the Broncos are overcompensating for their lack of experience last year with their coaching staff, with their players. And I think punter is not an exception either with Colby Wadman. They have a veteran now in Sam Martin. They gave him a multi-year contract. They gave him some guaranteed money. He is the punter for 2020, they're not going to burn a draft pick on one. They might sign one as an undrafted free agent, but I don't think they're going to burn a
1: draft pick on a punter. Ben Roth on YouTube says, 104.3 The Fan proposed a scenario of Ruggs in round one, Beatish in round two, or Andrew Thomas in round one, and Rager in round two. Which scenario would you choose? Hmm. Honestly, hmm, that's a tough one, but to, to stay... Consistent, I'm going to go with the second one. Andrew Thomas, round one, Rager in round two, and I think Rager will be there in round two. Ruggs, I understand why everyone loves him, and he. I would. It, don't get me wrong. It would be great to see him in the orange and blue, but how big of a drop-off do you have between Ruggs and Rager when it's all said and done in terms of if you look back on their careers in the NFL 15 years from now, how big of a difference is it going to be? Only time will tell. But I like the second I like the second one there.
2: Yeah, the thing is, Thomas, you wouldn't be necessarily getting a day one starter, whereas Beattis, you'd be getting a day one starter at center on top of getting Henry Ruggs. So that's where I like that value, getting that one-two combination. That being said, Beatis in the second round is a little too rich for me. I think he's a third-round prospect. Broncos get him there, great. But I'm going Rugs, getting your starting center. You have your right guard in Glasgow and shoring up the offensive line in entirety.
1: All right, let's see what else we got here. Crime Guard A Z on Twitter says if this draft is deep at wide receiver, let's get in the sec get it in the second at more move up, is what he's saying. For Simmons in the first. Maybe. Maybe. I just think it's gonna cost an arm and a leg to move up and get into range to where I mean Simmons, most mocks I'm seeing now, Zach, Simmons isn't getting out of the top five. So right. that's probably more. Realistically, where you're going to have to get if you want to get Simmons.
2: Are the Broncos and Isaiah Simmons away, though, Chad, from competing? Are they one player away on defense from being a contender? They still would need a wide receiver, too. And as good as Simmons would be, he'd be a luxury pick to mortgage the future for in the second year of Vic Fangio. I'd still go for the wide receiver in round one and just, and just, you got to just, it's a tough break having a player like Simmons go ahead of you, but that's the way the NFL goes.
1: All right, let's see here. This dang thing just did. Whoops. Brian, what's up? Okay. There's crime guard. Okay. Now I know where I'm at. All right. Bear with me one sec. You guys, Edward, making sure it's a question playing Madden 20, like crazy watching Bronco highlights from last year. So ready for Broncos football. Amen. Amen to that. Kenneth says, have you seen the new Ozark season? Simply amazing. That's one of the series that's on my list. I haven't actually started watching it yet, but, uh, but that's one of them. James says, uh, UK is on lockdown. It's nearly 2 a.m. here, but I've enjoyed listening to these podcasts and these chats talking football. Hashtag state of being. What day is it again? It's good to see you, James. <laughs> and James also helps us out on our uh, Mile High Huddle Fan Facebook group. Does a good job there. Appreciate you, James. Let's grab Trenton here. Do you think the Shelby signing would affect us taking Kinlaw or Brown and accelerate the need to get a wideout in the first round. It's interesting you bring that up, Trenton. I would I would advise you to head over to milehighhuddle.com right now because our Nick Kendall, one of the co-hosts of Building the Broncos, whom you guys hear from every Tuesday night, he had an article basically answering that very question and his, you know, he's very long-winded, which I love, you know, we're all deep divers here at Mile High Huddle. His very long-winded analysis on the issue, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler He's saying no it shouldn't remove either Kinlaw or Brown from consideration if they're there at pick 15 does it accelerate the need to get a wide receiver first round I don't I don't see it that way Kinlaw, as good as he would be, again,
2: it's adding to a position of prominence. It'd be a luxury pick as far as I'm concerned. If they didn't have Shelby Harris, they didn't have Derek Wolf, Kinlaw would be a no-brainer. But if you don't need, it, if you don't have a wide receiver, two on the roster, you have to address that. You don't have the starting center. You don't have the backup tackle. Those positions are more important to me. So once they get those solved, then they can move on to adding to the defensive line. But you have Shelby Harris. You traded for Darrell Casey. You have per cell you have draymond jones what more do you need there ken law would be great but that's another luxury player as far as i'm concerned at 15
1: miller 707 champ jumps back in five dollar donation appreciate you my friend finally fixed my password so i can donate that's really cool appreciate it thank you you guys rock wish i could do more for real thank you guys no thank you man thank you you don't have to do that you guys know that we appreciate you um all right let's see here I know I I showed this, but I'm going to read it uh, from Ryan. Zach and Chad, don't think I'm funny by saying this, but I love you guys for helping me out on Twitter. Mile High Soldiers uniting all around the world. Bronco fans, salute. Ryan, of course, one of of our great members of the YouTube community reached out on Twitter, and uh, we made – you know, letting us know, hey, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but it's been increasingly hard to get the link to the chat before it actually goes live. Another thing, before I forget, on that topic – just for the next little while until things kind of stabilize on YouTube, I'm going to also start posting the link. You know, it's going to go out, the YouTube link's going to go out on Twitter at least twice before six o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern every day. But I'm also going to post the link on the milehighhuddle.com community section each and every day until this stops being a problem for everybody so that there's no questions on that, on how to find this stream. Robert wants to know if the Broncos get their player at 15. Should they try to get someone like Austin Jackson uh, for offensive tackle in the low first round? Do you mean the second round, low second round? I think if they get their player at 15, if if the Broncos get what they have their heart set on, I think that's going to be Henry Ruggs. And if it's not Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. And if it's not Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. And once that's done – In the second round, if they do get that wide receiver in the first, absolutely, I think you're going to see offensive line or cornerback in round two, Zach. It would depend on who that
2: player is, though. If that player is Werfs or Beckton, obviously they're not going to get a tackle at the end of round one or the beginning of round two, whatever the question is trying to say there. Uh, it just depends on that player. If they go with the defensive player or wide receiver to 15, then, yeah, I can see the Broncos moving up or targeting a tackle in the second round. I've held firm for a while that they got to come away from the first two rounds with a combination of an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. It's all about Drew Locke.
1: Amen to that. Let's see here. Dan wants to know on YouTube, who would each of you guys pick in the second round? I, Just that, You I, know, there are some options that I think could slip to the second round that I would love to get in the second round, like Lloyd Cushenberry, the center from LSU, maybe Caesar Ruiz, the center from Michigan, yeah. maybe Lucas Nyang, who is a, an offensive tackle prospect from TCU who if he hadn't suffered an injury late last season is probably a surefire first round pick, but now can be had in the second round. However, you got some injury concerns because he is coming off of a surgery, but there are some options. Second round again, because I still feel like the Broncos are going to end up with going wide receiver in round one. Most of my targets there in the second round, I'm looking at offensive tackles, offensive guards, centers, whatever, offensive line and a corner. Yeah, you named the guy for me. Cesar Ruiz in the
2: second round would be my ideal. It'd be a starting center, plug and play. Wide receiver, I want to add just Denzel Mims. I don't think he'll quite yes. be a first round prospect, but in the second round, if they don't take a receiver at 15, I am
1: running to the podium. Whatever, how do they do it in the draft this year and getting Denzel Mims. And Justin Jefferson's another one of those likely yeah. to drop to the second, as is Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. They're going to, and let's not forget, of course, Chenault from CU. So right. there are going to be some options there wide receiver wise. If one of the, you know, the top three are gone by the, by the time the Broncos pick at 15. Shadif jumps in with a $2 donation. Appreciate Thank you, Shadief. my friend. If Simmons is on the board at 11, do we go get him? I think you at least pick up the phone and see what it's going to cost. You know, if you can get that deal done, you know, I could live with two. I could live with the Broncos giving up two of their three third round picks this year because you would still get Simmons in this scenario. You'd still have your second round pick and you would still have one third round pick in 2020. I could live with that. I'm just not sure that would get the deal done, Zach. I'm definitely picking up the phone and gets to
2: 11. It's a lot less cost prohibitive going to 11 than going to 7, 8, or 6, anywhere in that range as well. They can probably get him, Chad, for a third and fourth and maybe a late-round draft pick as well. They wouldn't necessarily have to give up all of their third-round capital. In that case, though, I mean, if you like him, if you need him, which they do, I'm pulling the trigger more than likely if they can get him at a reasonable
1: price. Appreciate you, Terry. (laughs) That's funny. and indeed, to that and true too. Thank you. All right, guys, we're starting to uh, run out of time, so let me just see what we have here. I want to make sure I'm not skipping anybody. Ariel, five dollar donation, jumping back in. Appreciate you, my friend. Guys, the company I work for laid off seventy three people, including you, because of what's going on. This is a last super chat for a while. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Broncos. Ariel, we're really bummed to hear that. Help is on the way. We know that uh, that's coming from from the government here very, very soon for, for Americans, both single and married. Just know where your help's at, and if there's anything we can do, make sure you reach out to us. We appreciate you, my friend. Our thoughts and, and prayers are with you and all of our awesome listeners out there who are going through uncertain times right now. And like we tell everyone else, you don't have
2: to take care of yourself, Ergo. right now. To, you know, Use that money for your own benefit, take care of your family, and just know
1: that the tide will turn and everything will go back to normal relatively soon. It might be a little bit longer than any of us want, but it's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen. <laughs> Dylan jumps in and says, hey, God bless, guys, especially for raising that money. The other day, you're yeah. true priest. We have a lot of bank and picks to do what we want in the draft. What offense and defensive players do you pick? On the defensive side, I'll give you one name that I really like that. I think we've talked about a couple of them here today, including Jeremy Chin, the safety, including Akeem Davis Gaither, the linebacker. I want to remind you of Jeff Gladney. The corner from TCU is a guy that I'm very intrigued by that. I would love to see in a Fangio defense offensively. Zach, I think we've named a few of them that we all like in terms of which wide receivers, offensive line guys we like, but, uh, unless there's anyone you've missed that you want to mention, Zach. No, I think we covered
2: it, obviously, on defense. Kinlaw, and I'm a big Kenneth Murray fan myself. Not at 15, but I think he's a surefire first-round pick, and he would look pretty damn good in a Vic Fangio defense. So I think we covered the
1: whole lot, though, Chad, among realistic options at 15. Holden wants to know, are GMs allowed to still call or video chat with draft prospects since they can't bring them in? Once the draft takes place, yeah, I mean, that's the only – way that they're going to be able to communicate with their draft picks as far as ahead of time i'm not sure on that what the rules are i mean i'd have to circle back on that but yeah you can guarantee that's what's going to happen on april 23rd when prospects start getting picked in the draft they're going to be on the phone talking to their teams they're going to be video chat they're going to be doing hangouts until that they can uh, get together in person all right let me see what else we've got here guys and then we'll Call it a night. Shadif jumps in again with a two dollar donation. You, Thank you, Shadif. Denzel Mims ran the fastest three cone and a four three eight forty. Yeah, Mims is a really intriguing prospect, and I'm with Zach in that I think he still ends up slipping just outside of the first round. But I, it won't surprise either one of us to see him go in the first round. It's just how many wide receivers can you take? <laughs> how many wide receiver needy teams are there? You know, it's there's limited spots in that first round. I think, but. It wouldn't stun me to see five wideouts, Zach, going round one, including him. He would be a surefire
2: first-round guy if it wasn't an historically deep draft class. Let's make that clear. He has a great talent. He's going to be a great NFL pro, and I'd love to have him on the Broncos if they can get him in the second round even better.
1: David Kilgore jumps in. $15 donation. Wow, thanks, David. David. Appreciate it. That means a lot to us, my friend. Have you guys heard how the draft will go this year? Are the players going to be there, or is everything going to be done over Zoom? Yeah, so no, the players are not going to be there. What we know for sure, no media, and by media, like outside media. We're we're really curious to see how they're going to end up presenting it in terms of coverage because, you know, they're not going to pass up on the opportunity to televise it somehow. That's going to happen. NFL Network's still going. That will happen. We don't know exactly, but guys like Zach and I in media, we had it all set up with credentials, and we were going to be there in Mm. Vegas. Uh, where we're going to do meet and greets with the, with our listeners and the whole nine yards guys like us, that's, that's canceled. It's not even happening in Vegas anymore. So we don't know exactly how that's going to play out, David, but what we can tell you is no players are going to be on site. It's all going to be done over the phone, video chats, TV, long distance. Yeah. And
2: it sucks because the original plan for the prospects was to have them come out on a boat or whatever, on the body of water, right. you know, to take that, that method of travel to the stage. I thought it was really unique for Vegas and, Unfortunately, we're deprived of that, but there'll be some sort of draft protocol
1: alternative in place. Ryan, this is good information. The pod showed up for me tonight, but I had to go into the Mile High Huddle app, and on the videos part, it would not do that for me before, and it definitely didn't show up on the home screen on YouTube like it used to. And so, again, that's a reminder. Thanks for the intelligence there, Ryan. That's that's very helpful for us. A reminder for those of you that watch on YouTube – Make sure you're not only subscribed, but you've clicked the notification bell. I think that'll make a big difference. Our friends at, at Disco Audio, a discount audio and Wills, DA Dub jumps in with a $5 donation. Thank Super you for chat. Appreciate you. Much obliged. Uh, he says, with Harris in the fold, what does that put us on the cap? Give Elway some props. Been out for a few casts, had to close my shop for 30 days. Go <laughs> oh. uh, Broncos. Man, that's uh, terrible to hear. I think that I maintain the optimism though for you that uh, once this cloud passes, it's going to rubber band, whatever you want to call it, boomerang right back to how things were in a pretty significantly short period of time. So stay positive, my friend. Um, And our thoughts and prayers are with you. If there's anything you need, reach out to us. Zach, I don't have a for sure number yet, but I think it's going to be around 14, 15 million is what the Broncos are sitting at in cap space currently. I just looked today,
2: it was 14.8 or something like that. 14 and change where the Broncos are. And right I don't know if that's reflective of Shelby Harris's contract, but regardless, they still have some money to play around with. And I will say about Elway, Melvin Gordon aside, Vanette aside, he is rivaling his 2014 famed offseason, Chad. It is a big middle finger to his detractors the last couple of years, saying, listen, I'm the GM, I can still do this, I've gotten better at my job, and he has killed free agency. I don't think that's debatable at all.
1: Yeah, he's done a good job. I mean, they've filled holes. You know, we could pick nits and pick bones on every little move, but I think overall he's done a really good job taking care of those immediate dire needs. There's a couple of points in the road that I, again, I could pick nits and and debate whether or not it was the right decision. But overall, <laughs> did the Broncos improve? Yes. Justin Ansell jumps in with a twenty dollar donation. Wow, thank, thank you, Justin. Justin. It means so, a lot. What's up, guys? Ready for my move to Denver for in and out come get a Berg. Are you, are you opening a, in and out in Denver, Justin? If so, that's really cool. What's the legitimate reason we didn't offer Wolf if he was only guaranteed $3 million? The only explanation, Justin, is the Broncos know better than any other team out there. His true medical jacket, they've been there through the whole process, right? Since he arrived in the league in 2012. The only explanation is that, to be honest with you, because I mean, he's saying they didn't even make an offer. Now, does that mean that they didn't check with him and see how things were going, You know, talk to his agent about what they're looking for? thats I'm sure they at least did that, right? I'm sure that was at least one call to Derek Wolf's agent to see what they're after. But no offer came, and the only explanation, especially Zach coming off of a season in which he had a, contract or a, a career year in sacks I mean, think about it. If Derek Wolf doesn't get hurt in week 13, he left with seven sacks. There's a chance he reaches double digits. He was a perfect fit for Fangio's scheme, yeah. which is why I was so surprised he ended up not get, even getting an offer. But it's only because of that injury history that he has that.
2: Reading between the lines based on his comments earlier this offseason, it seemed like he really was pining for a lucrative long-term contract from the Broncos with high guarantees. And they told him, basically, kick rocks. We're not going to give that to you. We'll give you a one-year deal, which the Ravens gave him. And he wanted to explore his wares elsewhere. And I think as he did that, they said, "Okay, forget you. We'll turn our attention to Shelby Harris. And they got him back for about the same cost as Wolf went to the Ravens for. So I just didn't think it was a a, a mutual interest between Wolf and the Broncos to come back for 2020.
1: All right, guys, that's got to do it for tonight's episode of the huddle up podcast. Let me remind everybody, make sure you're following the show on Twitter. We tweet out the links each and every day, whether it's huddle up pod. Now it's huddle up four nights a week, right? And you got building the Broncos on Tuesday nights and you got dove Valley deep divers doing two pods Friday and Saturday nights each and every link we tweet out from the huddle up pod account and at mile high huddle. So make sure worst case scenario and tell things, quit being wampus on YouTube that you're following. Cause you're going to get the links there, both at, at huddle up pod and mile high huddle. And while you're at it, make sure you follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. You can find me at Chad and Jensen. And then also I want to in- continue to encourage everybody to head over to milehighhuddle.com and keep this conversation going in our community section on the website so many of you have have begun to do that the comments under every article it's phenomenal the community is really taken off over there but again that's another way to keep this conversation going we're hanging out on that site all day long if you guys want to talk to us engage with us that's where we're hanging out i probably spend about 10 times more of my own personal time hanging out at milehighhuddle.com than i do at twitter or that I do on Facebook. So if you guys want to keep that conversation going, that's a easy way to do it. And it, otherwise, make sure you're following us on Twitter. And we're always looking forward to talking to you guys. We will be back in the saddle tomorrow night, the usual time, 6.15 Mountain, 8.15 Eastern. And uh, until then, Zach, have a great start to your week, my friend. You as well, Chad. I want
2: to just point this out there for our listeners. Anyone who's struggling right now, Kenneth points out that Instacart, the app, is a way to make money. Anyone who's laid off or looking to pick up a little extra money right now, also Amazon is looking for workers, so you might want to check that out. People like Ariel, anyone who got is going through an employment difficulty
1: right now. There are all our alter- are alternatives out there to help you guys out. Also, had a listener reach out to let me know. I'm glad you showed that tweet for or that comment from Kenneth because I also had a listener reach out and let me know that. If you're in Denver area, the Savers is hiring right now. Oh, there there are if you I mean grocery stores are a great place to look, any kind of supply chain opportunity, those places are scrambling looking for help right now. So there are opportunities out there you guys and uh as we hear about them and thank you for that Kenneth. We will of course pass them on to you our phenomenal listeners and a mile high salute to our super chat superstars. Appreciate you during this time especially We're going to get out of here for tonight, though. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you guys then. Keep your chin up.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at
1: milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl.